0: Oh, the exhortation will be from the psalm that we had read, well not had read, it's the daily reading, Psalm 37, and the title obviously comes from the very first verse, Fret Not. Um, and of course, Aunt Barb very kindly had the first hymn is about Psalm 37, Fret Thou Not. Well, this is a psalm of David, just kind of some background information. It's a psalm of David. Uh, first of all, it tells us that right at the beginning, and also we can tell that it's at the end of David's life, or I mean at the end, but when he's older, because it says in verse 25, I have been young and now I'm old. So he kind of dates it for that, and he's kind of looking back on his life and some of the struggles that he dealt with, which we'll go into in a few minutes. But other, other things about the psalm itself, it's one of those acrostic psalms. And you know, Brother Paul was giving us a workshop on the psalms last Sunday, and this is one of those psalms where every second verse, every two verses, starts with a new letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Now you say, well, wait a minute, there's only 40 verses in this psalm, so aren't you a little short here? And part of it's because the translators didn't always put the verses' breaks at the right spots, so they missed a couple. But also, uh, and particularly the Hebrew letter Ein, uh, there is only one. And uh, perhaps it was meant intentionally to give us further emphasis on that thought uh, that you might think about. And we're talking about different types of psalms. There's psalms of praise. There's psalms of, uh, I can't remember the others. There's only four, but different types that Paul told us about. But nevertheless, there there's these different types of psalms. And this one really isn't a psalm of praise. It's a psalm of instruction. Because David sees a, an issue that all of us seem to face, this problem of, wait a minute, how come these wicked guys are doing so well? And so this is a psalm of instruction, not only about... The fate of the wicked, but the hope of the righteous. You know, David knew from personal experience that at times the wicked do flourish. And the righteous do suffer. And sometimes it seems like the wicked gain superiority over the righteous. We talked about that in our readings last night. That, you know, here's Saul, his king. A wicked man, and, and if we really wanted to go verse by verse through this Psalm 37, we can see that some of these references probably are to Saul, the wickedness that Saul had committed. Uh, Ahithophel, his counsel was like God, it's God himself. Uh, Doeg the Edomite that Dean brought up, I mean, there's a wicked man, and he had he had victory, or I want to call it victory, but he killed all the priests of the Lord at Nob. So the wicked do sometimes uh, come out on top, but the psalm is david 's counsel to the righteous. fret not don 't get upset about the wicked and it tells them why not to get upset and, and but that word fret not it 's only used like four times in the Bible, and it 's three times here in this 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 psalm itself psalm thirty seven verse one verse seven and verse eight and when the word is fret it's it 's fret. It's hot, you're upset, you're angry. Now, fortunately, I was under the opinion until this morning that that never happens to me. But my wife hurled accusations at me this morning. She piled on about my ability to get upset about things. And she reminded me of situations where that has happened. And I can remember many times in grocery stores or wherever, she takes my chin and goes, look at me. Look at me. Don't be looking at that other line that's going faster than yours. Um, But it is. We do get upset about injustices in the world, particularly when they happen to to you or to me, Um, those terrible drivers that pull in front of us and so forth, Um, you know, that see the flashing light on the front of my car. I can't see it, but it says, pull out in front of this car, quick, and they do. Um, But anyways, the point is, don't fret about that. It's a total waste of our spirit and our energy. It happens. Get over it is what the psalm is telling us. You can't let it distract us. All this, this fretting, the things about the wicked, it's futile. We must instead look to the ultimate end of God's work. That's where we can have comfort. And that's where our hope is you know in a way because the wicked are mentioned so much in the psalm you kind of almost think it's a little bit about them and but i think the point is even though it describes the wicked and why you shouldn't fret about the wicked the point of it is is just put it aside don't dwell on it don't worry about it you know and it gives you he gives you the wise the david does through the through the psalm he said you know the wicked will get their reward it'll all come out in the end They'll receive the judgment that they do deserve. And he goes through all the, the, the psalms, verse 2 there. They'll soon fade like the grass. They're going to be gone. And later on in um, uh, verse 20, they're going to perish. They'll vanish like smoke. They'll just poof, and they're gone away. You know, Dave, Bob Lloyd talked about, you know, he goes to the graveyard, and there's the uh, this tombstone, gone but not forgotten or something like that. And he says that's totally untrue. They are forgotten. Just give it a generation. They won't remember it at all anymore. And like a like a smoke, like the grass, they'll fade away. Uh, we're told in verse 28, their children will be cut off. I mean, their prosperity won't survive. And they certainly won't survive in the sense of the kingdom that will be set up on this earth. Uh, verse 38 of the psalm, it says... But transgressors, and remember that's how it started. Um, I think it starts, does it? Well, it doesn't in the RSV, but doesn't it say transgressors in verse 1 of one of the versions? Fret not thou because of transgressors or something like that? Or oh, whatever. Anyways, verse 28, 38. But transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The posterity of the wicked shall be cut off. It's over, it's done. And, you know the wicked they think they're so powerful they're so grand their schemes their plans are so bulletproof uh, but verse 12 says the wicked plot against the righteous and gnash his teeth at him but the lord laughs at the wicked he just laughs it's there's not it's not going to work uh, all the plans that we have if it's not god's plan will come to no fruitfulness so Again, even though at least half the verses in this psalm are about the wicked, I think the message is just put the wicked to the side. Forget them. Fret not. Because what Psalm 37 really is about is instruction and hope for the righteous. They see this dichotomy of the wicked versus the righteous, but you have to get over it, and you have to think instead about the word of God and what it means to be righteous, because David gives a great description of what righteous people are like in this psalm. Right off the bat in verse 3 says, that the righteous trust in the Lord and do good. So that's the kind of person we need to be, to trust in the Lord, and we need to do good, and we'll see a little bit of that later on in the psalm. Um, Verse 4, they take delight in the Lord. So they're glad about the words of the Lord, and a lot of times I, I read through some of these things. I think about Psalm um, one nineteen, because that's that's what David goes all the way through talking about his delight in the in the in the things of the Lord. I love your statues. I love your precepts. Uh, there are a light to my feet, a lamp to my feet, and so forth. That uh, they take delight in the things of God. Uh, Verse 5, they commit their ways to the Lord. He says, Commit your ways to the Lord to trust in him. So they trust, they delight, they commit. Verse 7, they wait patiently for the Lord. You know, again, this if you're fretting about the evildoers, you're not waiting patiently for the Lord. But the righteous do exactly that. Uh, Verse 8. The righteous refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Well, that's the whole part about fret thou not. That's that hot fretting of the anger at the things that are not going the way in a perfect world they really should go. And we talked about that the, they do good there in verse 3. Well, you get to verse 21 and we find that the wicked and don't pay back. That's the, that's the theme of our life in today's world. Not only people that borrowed money on homes and didn't pay back, they're, they're the victims. In our our world's got it so tip, tip, topsy-turvy that they're the ones that were uh, the, the victims of all this, that they borrowed too much and then couldn't pay it back. And so we, we almost glorify the poor victim that borrows but doesn't repay. But the righteous there in verse 21 is, a, is generous and gives. And that's repeated or expanded upon in um, verse 26. He is ever giving liberally and lending and his children become a blessing. You know, that's a great exhortation for us of giving and liberality and lending to brethren and sisters in need. Uh, in In the... in the scope or span of history, we're like the wealthiest people that have ever existed. If we say, "Woe me, pity me, my bills are too high," man, it's just this, this is crushing me. And you go to a third world country, and they come over, and they would just like says the Lord laughs at the wicked. They would just laugh at us. We have so much, and all of us can can give. And, you know, in verse 16 it says, Better is a little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. Uh, It's kind of a a tangent, but because we are wealthy as a country and as a people, and we're told in these verses, uh, this psalm, to be generous, to lend, um, to give liberally, and so forth. And then we're told about the better is a little that the righteous has. You wonder, what's the extent to which we are to be giving and to be liberal uh, with our with the good things that God has given to us? And so, you know, as we think about the things of the righteous here in this chapter, like I said, I think the, the psalm is about, don't worry about those wicked people. Think about it, what it's like to be righteous, that we know all these characteristics, and then we should... Make sure that they are in our lives. If we trust on the Lord, if we do good, if we take delight in the Lord and commit our ways, do we wait patiently? Are we generous? Um, You know, there's so many needs in our ecclesia. We can do those through works, and we also have collection boxes in the back. We can do that through our donations. Uh, And the righteous man is the one that does both. Um, And then you know one other thing that i didn't uh, really get to is verse 30 the right i'm sorry verse 30 the mouth of the righteous utters wisdom and his tongue speaks justice uh, that's a huge thing that i know that i have to work on my mouth i did it in sunday school already likes to make jokes instead of uttering wisdom Um, but that's the kind of counsel that we should have in our speech and the things that we do. So that's the righteous. Well, okay. There's a good thing about being righteous because we'll also receive a reward. And, you know, that's what the letter of the Hebrews said, that we have to believe that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Well, there will be a reward for us too, and that's what this psalm is, is also quite a bit about. Again, it's like, Yeah, look around. Sometimes it isn't right. The wicked prosper, the righteous suffer. Uh, But don't worry about it. Put that all aside. Focus on righteousness. Focus on the things of the truth. And you know what? All of it's going to be taken care of because a kingdom will be set up on this earth where all these injustices won't happen ever again. And we'll get to inherit it and live in it forever. You know, we're always excited about the promises, um, you know, that we have the hope of Israel, the promises that were made to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. And, of course, we always remember Galatians 3, verse 29. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to promise. So it's going to talk a lot in this psalm about the kingdom, the land, the earth that we'll inherit. And it applies to us, too, because we're Abraham's seed and have those same promises for us. Well, the psalm's full of talk this way about the kingdom. Verse 3, Trust in the Lord and do good, and you will dwell in the land and enjoy security. Well, that that could apply today. uh, If we're righteous, God will watch over us and take care of us. But the verses in this chapter also tell us that this is going to be an eternal inheritance uh, verse nine the wicked are going to be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall possess the land verse 11 but the meek shall per- but the meek shall possess the land and delight themselves in abundant prosperity verse 18 the Lord knows the days of the blameless and their heritage shall abide forever verse 22. For those blessed by the Lord shall possess the land. Verse 27. Depart from evil and do good, so shall you abide forever. Verse 29. The righteous shall possess the land and dwell upon it forever. Uh, verse 34. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to possess the land. So this is what David is trying to bring these people to. Fret not over the injustices or the things that you see of this world. They don't last. The wicked and their plans will vanish. But instead, focus on what you are. Focus on being one of the righteous, to trust, to delight, to commit, to wait, um, to be generous. All those things about the righteous and doing so will make us also inheritors of the land and as We mentioned we get to do this through Christ. And of course, we'll remember his death and our way into those promises through the bread and the wine that we'll share in just a moment. But let's conclude by reading verses 23 and 24 of this psalm because I think they kind of sum up for us the hope. The steps of the man, the steps of a man are from the Lord, and he establishes him in whose way he delights. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord is the stay of his hand. And that gives us all hope, because we all fall, but we won't be cast headlong, and the Lord will be the stay of our hand.